0: hey friends welcome back to another episode of the Optimize for impact podcast and today we are talking about change specifically i want to talk about what happens when you can't change you just can't quite find the motivation the inspiration the kick in the pants, a good old fashioned kick in the pants to start doing the things that you know you want to do and need to do in order to get the outcome that you want. Why do we often get stuck behind knowing what we should do, but just not able to do it? It's the knowing doing gap. And today on the show, I want to propose a interesting approach to understanding what is actually preventing you from taking that first step, no matter what goal it is, whether it's a health goal, whether it's a habit you want to create, whether it is a change that you've been just sitting in the back of your brain for quite a while. Today, we are going to talk about why can't we just take action. And this matters, because the longer You and I procrastinate, and the longer we stay stuck behind this knowing-doing gap, the longer that we remain stuck in a body, a level of health, circumstances, a situation, whatever it is, we remain stuck there in a place that we don't enjoy, in a place that we know we don't want to be, and time marches on. And not to be super morbid, but time is the most valuable resource that you and I have on this planet, in this life. We can't get it back. And the longer that we spend stuck in a place that we realize we don't want to be, we realize that there is a 2.0 version of us out there, and we want to get to that 2.0 version of us, and we're stuck at that 1.0, the longer we stay stuck there, the longer we just spend our precious time in a place that is not fulfilling and is not enjoyable to us. So we're gonna talk about figuring out how to take that first step. Now, when it comes to not taking action, many of us, most people, are quick to assume that the issue, the problem, is that they just don't have enough willpower, enough motivation, enough discipline. But I'm gonna make the case on this show today that there may be deeper what i call push and pull forces of change that are actually causing this friction it's not motivation willpower or discipline but there are these forces that are both simultaneously pushing you toward this 2.0 version of you as well as pulling you back to stay as the 1.0 version of you and these are oftentimes subconscious they may be conscious you may be aware of them But many times they are something that you actually aren't aware until you identify them. So in order to identify these push-pull forces so that we can clearly see what it is that's actually keeping us stuck, stuck in the place we don't want to be, preventing us from taking that first step and launching ourselves off on the epic journey to go to that 2.0 place, to become the person we wanna be, to get the results we wanna get, and to have a life that is enjoyable, meaningful, and powerful for us, then we need to figure out what are these forces? What is keeping us from taking that first step? And here is the process that I have for you today. It's called the four crazy questions. The four crazy questions. And here they are. I've broken them into push and pull questions. The pull questions, what is good about not changing? Second question, what might be bad about changing? Now the push questions, what might be good about changing? And finally, what might be bad about not changing? Those are the four questions. And here's the thing. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, remember this point. Oftentimes we assume that there are only negative or bad things associated with staying the same, with staying in that 1.0 place, and that there are only good or positive things that we'll get if we change, if we go to that 2.0 place. But this isn't true, and this is key for understanding why we allow this friction to seemingly hold us in a place we don't wanna be. And that is because that there are both negative and positive things that we are getting from staying in the 1.0 place. And there are both negative and positive things we will experience when we go to that 2.0 place. So this is almost like a four direction pull, right? There are both negative and positive forces pushing and pulling us toward that 2.0. And they're both negative and positive forces trying to pull us to stay in that 1.0 place. And it gets, this is a little tricky, right? Now, there is a worksheet in the show notes of this podcast episode. You can go quickly download it now if you're in a place that you can download it. There's no email address required. You simply follow the link, and download the worksheet, and you can see these four questions and you begin to better clearly understand this weird four directional pull that you're feeling when you're stuck behind the friction of change. Okay, so let's go through these four questions and let's talk about, with an example, how these four push-pull forces may prevent me, the example, I'm gonna use me today, from making a change. Now, here it is. A couple months ago, I read a book on breathwork. It's Breath by James Nestor. And one of the nuggets in that book was learning to breathe more through your nose versus through your mouth. Now, ever since I was a wee lad, doctors told me, Joe, you have really weird sinuses, which if you pause to think about that, that is a very interesting sentence that has been uttered to me once or twice. Um, And being told that your sinuses are weird or odd just is Never one of those things you wake up in the morning and be like, you know what? I bet today someone's gonna tell me that my sinuses are weird, right? It always is kind of a little bit out of, out of the left field. You're like, oh, um, I don't know what to do with that, right? Okay, so anyways, back to, the, back to the point. I, for many years now, have known that there are benefits to learning to breathe more through my nose than through my mouth. And specifically, the one change I was trying to make was training myself to breathe more through my nose during exercise. And that's very hard. I found it much easier to make the change while I was sleeping, while I was sitting. But exercise, when I felt the demand for more air, because I was used to just gasping through my mouth and breathing through your nose, feels like a restriction. And may- maybe there is, honestly, like if you, I'm no, um, breath scientist but like like maybe the volume is actually less anyways but the research what it shows is that breathing through your nose generally actually oxygenates your blood better even though you may be huffing more air through your mouth that breathing through your nose seems to actually promote better oxygen absorption and so at the end of the day even though you may be breathing in less air your muscles are actually getting more oxygen through your nose. It's almost this paradox of breath, if you will. But that is neither here nor there for this example. Now, I knew I wanted to retrain my body to breathe more through my nose during exercise. But I just wasn't doing it. And I kept wondering why am I not doing this. And so here is an example of using the four crazy questions to figure out what was going on. Why was I not doing this thing that I knew at the, at the end of the day, would help my performance. So I would train myself to breathe through the nose and get more oxygen in my body. That's going to help my performance as an athlete. So here it is. So here we go. Let's run through these four questions and ask. The question is, why is Joseph not making the action or making the switch to breathe through his nose while he exercises? So crazy question number one. Okay, Joseph, what is good about not making this change? What is good about not changing? Well, in the moment, I could train harder, probably, if I keep breathing through my nose, I'm or through my mouth, I'm mouth breathing adapted, it's going to feel easy. It's what I'm used to. And I'll probably be able to work out harder. In the moment, this would lead to a better exercise stimulus. And better training times if I'm timing myself for a run, because I'm mouth breathing adapted. Another thing is I would probably feel good when I'm out running, I'm going to be able to run my fastest breathing through my mouth, because that's what I'm used to. Those are all things that are good about not changing. And as you can see, as we talked about before, the interesting note is that there are actually positive things about not changing. I will probably get a better exercise stimulus because I will be able to run faster, lift heavier, breathing through my mouth because that's what I'm currently adapted to do. That's a good thing. I'm getting a better exercise stimulus from that workout. So now let's ask the question, what might be bad about making the change? Oh, interesting. So first we talked about what is good about staying the same, staying a mouth breather. And now we're gonna ask the question, what is bad about changing what might be bad about becoming a nasal breather as I exercise well let's let's think about this um if it means that i'm gonna have to slow down running and maybe slow down lifting while i retrain my body to be okay with less volume of air then maybe that's going to delay my strength gains because I'm going to have to work out at lower intensities while I make that switch. And so maybe I will be behind on my strength program. Um, It's probably not going to be as fun to work out. I'm not going to enjoy it as much during that period because I'm not, it's not going to feel normal. Um, Another one, actually, this was a big one. And it was that there was a psychological element of not wanting to be the guy who's out there running really slow, because that's kind of embarrassing as someone who his identity has been in being a athlete, a high-performing athlete for years, and having to slow down, run slow, be looking like I'm out of shape because I'm breathing through my nose and I'm not used to getting as much volume of air in my body. I'm, I'm not gonna look like I'm in shape. And that was a big psychological barrier that I'd identified was like, that is actually one of the things that is holding me back from making this switch is I don't want to look out of shape. I don't want to be the guy who's running really, really slow and appears to be not a good runner. Totally ego in there, guys, totally ego. But that is honestly something that was going to be bad about changing. It was going to take a big ding on the ego while I learned that switch. Okay, so those are the first two questions. Those are the poll pressures, reasons why I would want to stay at the 1.0 place, reasons why I would want to stay a mouth breather. There are good things we identified about not making the change, and there were bad things about making this change, becoming a nasal breather. Now I'm going to look at the push factors. What is is pushing me, both good and bad, toward becoming that 2.0 version of me, making the change that I want to change? So the first question on this side of the equation is what might be good about changing well let's see here if nasal breathing increases oxygenation to my muscles then i'd become a more efficient athlete i'm going to be ex- be able to exercise at a lower heart rate this will allow me to go farther and go harder for longer that's awesome that's key as for a performance output this will be able to improve my performance in all domains strength anaerobic Um, like CrossFit, I'll be able to lift more weight, I'll be able to run farther, longer, faster. Again, I will be a better performing, higher performing athlete. So the fourth question is, what might be bad about not changing? So if I don't change, if I stay here in the in the one place, what might be bad about that? And I identified, well, I'll ultimately be stuck at a lower plateau of performance. I won't be able to maximize my oxygenation capacity if I keep just being a mouth breather. This will ultimately inhibit my peak performance. This will inhibit my endurance output, something that is crucial for some of the things that I love most in life. Climbing mountains, running mountains, exploring out in nature. If I am doing something that inhibits my performance, my ability to get out there and move and run, then that's gonna be a big bummer. It's gonna limit me from having some of those incredible experiences that I love out in the mountains, out exploring. And ultimately, if I don't make this change and stay the same, it's gonna limit what I could accomplish in all domains of athleticism or movement. And so once I, worked through those four questions, all of a sudden now I have this very robust picture of these four different push-pull pressures that are keeping me from making a change. And do you see how powerful this can be to fully actually pull back the curtain on the pros and cons of why this decision is hard, why I'm feeling friction. And I'm not now just sitting there blaming myself and yelling at myself like, oh, you're lazy and you just don't have enough motivation and you're just not disciplined enough to do the thing that you want to do. And I'm not beating myself up. And by the way, guys, that never works. There's a future podcast coming down the pipe about why negative, like hating yourself into change, I don't believe is ever truly effective in the long-term. Right? But as you can see, this understanding now, using these four crazy questions, I now understand both pros and cons to why I would want to change and why I wouldn't want to change. And now I have stuff to work with. I can address those things. I can talk myself through. For example, Joseph, you know that pride is something that often limits you, has limited you in the past. And if the ego is one of the things that is keeping you back from changing to nasal breathing. If you don't want to look slow on the street around strangers, you don't know who they are, then that is something you have to decide if you're okay with not doing. Obviously I wasn't, I was like, nope, nope. Never gonna let the ego prevent me from doing something that I know ultimately will make me happier and healthier. So, okay, so I was able to go to one of the root causes of that change. I was also able to connect and identify, okay, if I take the time to learn to nasal breathe, this will allow me to better do some of the things that I love most, which was climbing mountains, taking summits off my summit list, to be able to run races, to be able to explore in the wild places, in the backcountry, and understanding those two things, a good reason why I should make the change and a good reason why I wasn't making the change. I was able to go right to the heart of the issue, call myself out lovingly and say, die to the ego. And I was able to use that understanding of this change will allow me to better do the things I truly love in life. That was the motivation, the carrot out there saying like, hey, you'll be better at climbing mountains, and racing trail races, then it's time to make this change. And identifying those things, allowed me to be able to effectively find ways to work around the ego and put into place an action plan that was effective at learning to make that switch. I did indeed, actually, and have been over the last year working on learning to be a nasal breather as an athlete. It has done wonders. It is incredible, but it took a couple months and it was difficult, but, but, clearly understanding what was preventing me from making that change, and then once walking through these questions to make it pop, to uncover those subconscious or unseen forces that were causing me to stay stuck was key for me to be able to address the root cause of the issue and then make a positive and informed change toward becoming that 2.0 athlete that I wanted to be. Now, there is, again, as I said, a worksheet in the show notes of this podcast episode. You can download again, there's no email gate, nothing. You can go get it for free. Don't need to do anything. And you can work through using this worksheet, anything that you currently are feeling stuck, anything that you know that you want to do, but you just haven't been able to take that first step. I want you to use this worksheet and see if you can uncover some of those push pull frictional forces that may be keeping you stuck where you're at. And remember, life is short, not to be morbid, but life is short, time is precious. And I want you to be able to live happy, healthy, fit, and free. And so I encourage you, use this worksheet, take action, figure out what the root cause is, so that you can continually sue your purpose, maximize your impact, and live a deeply fulfilling, meaningful life. Thanks for tuning to this episode. I will see you next week here on the Optimized for Impact podcast.